Okay, so today is Wednesday. That means it's a long time yet. But it really is one idea. So I think I'll be able to give it over more quickly than I usually do on Wednesdays. We are doing today the bulk, well, let's say about half, maybe a bit more than half of Chapter 40. It's a long chapter. Chapter 40 follows on the heels of Chapter 39. So what we discussed yesterday and the day before was two options of someone serving God, but not for his sake. Either just by rote, because he was well-trained, or utilizing God's service as a means of his own personal benefit. And then at the end of the chapter, we said, but even if he does it in a really negative way, and that therefore he has to repent, he has to do tshuva to get rid of the evil that he trapped this godliness in, then at the end of the day, he'll do that tshuva, he'll repent. And then that service is just like the service of someone who just did it by rote. Eventually, they'll do it right in some incarnation. Maybe later in your life, you'll be in a different incarnation. You'll do, do the exact same deed with love and fear, and everything will go up to some high level of heaven, depending on what your intention was. The Rebbe continues directly in Chapter 40, saying, but until you do that, it's not going anywhere. Meaning, we know eventually it will, and it might wait on this world for 20, 30, 40 years. It will be on this world until you do it right. When you do it right, it will ascend. Then the Rebbe quotes various sources that seem to imply things go up and explain that going up doesn't mean the same thing in every context. But the, the Rebbe, but the Rebbe says there is, even we see this in Tanakh in the verses, where it says that a person can work. A person could strive in this world, but it never gets past the sun. It stays in this world because he never did it right. But we are positive that eventually we will. And eventually, when you have the real intent, when you have the real love, when you have the real fear, everything will go up. Even these you did 40, 50 years ago. And now the Rebbe goes into a whole long explanation, a, really a question and an answer. The Rebbe says, why is this true? I am telling you, you of course are believing, that if a person keeps Shabbos, you know how hard it is to keep Shabbos, right? Keep Shabbos really right. But doesn't think about God. He's just doing the mitzvah. It's stuck in this world. And the person puts on tefillin. He's not thinking about God. That deed stays stuck in this world. If a person learns Tyra, but he's not thinking about God if he learns Tyra. stays stuck in this world. So the question is, why? Tyra and God are one. Everything you're doing, if it's Shabbos or tefillin or learning Tyra or, or keeping kosher or being modest, it's all God's will. So how is it possible that God's will, which is so powerful and intense, stays stuck in this world and does not have the power for it to lift itself up, but if you do that same exact act with love and fear, suddenly it goes up? Why isn't God's will, the manifestation of God's will, the fulfillment of God's will, why isn't that powerful enough to ascend on its own? 
Why does it need love and fear to get it anywhere? So there was a very long explanation, a very long, lengthy explanation, both on the question, even more on the question and the answer, in a sense, but both are, are detailed. And the Rebbe explains that godliness gradually, as it goes through the progression of worlds, becomes more and more constricted in two fashions. One, in the shine of godliness itself, and two, in the receptivity of the recipient creation to absorb that shine because there are more and more barriers over creation from absorbing that shine of godly energy. And as the worlds progress, and there are myriads and myriads of worlds, we think of like four basic spiritual ones and our physical one, but there's really each one of the basic worlds subdivided into thousands and thousands of worlds, each world meaning another plane of godly dimension. So as the worlds progress, the light and the receptivity get more and more diminished and more and more diminished, and more and more diminished, until you come to the bottom of the barrel, which is our physical world. And in our physical world, the bottom of the barrel, it is the most constricted level of godly shine, and the most barriers on the receptivity of that godly shine because of all of the constrictions over our creation, this world. Which means any energy to get into this world has to go through this conveyor belt called Klippasnega. And Klippas Naiga, which we think of as that channel through which all the permissible of this world exists, is really what all godly energy has to go through to squeeze itself into this world because this world is so, so constricted and limited. Of course, at the same time, essence of God is here, but that's a separate idea. So therefore, a person is learning Torah, a person is praying, a person is doing a mitzvah, because, even though it's God's energy, it's God's will, it's so holy, but because of all the constrictions in this world, it's like that act is so forkvetched, it's so constricted, it's so stifled. Like all the godliness is there, but it's all shut down within this tight, tight, tight wrapping paper of klipas naiga, like imagine an, an intense girdle. It's just squeezing you away, and you're in such agony, an intense clamp. So all the godliness is there. All the godliness is there. But there's such an intense clamp over it, that clamp of Klippas Naiga, what was necessary to get into this world. So all that godly energy is under this huge visor clamp, so nothing can happen. Then comes along your intention. Now, what's your intention? Your intention is you love Hashem, and therefore you want to do His will. And you fear Hashem, and therefore you want to do His will. And because of that intention, you are doing the act you're doing. So the intention is the root of whatever follows it. You truly love God, and you truly fear God, and therefore you truly are cleaning for Passover. I wonder why the example came to my head. You truly are. You love him, this is his will, you're doing it. You fear him, this is his will, you're doing it. So why are you cleaning for Passover? Well, because you love and fear God. So the intention is within the act, because the intention is the reason for the act. The intention is the cause for the act. The act wouldn't exist without the intention. So it permeates every fiber of the act with that intent. Now, that intent is godly energy. 
godly energy in an expressive form, meaning things that come into this world get constricted to sort of fit within the parameters of this world. But my loving God and my fearing God, that's, that's just about God straight. So that's straight about God relationship, which is the roots of why I am doing this act, penetrates the act and lifts the act up to the spiritual world from which this intent, this love and fear truly came. Because that's the spiritual world, which is the energy source of that intent. When the act, the mitzvah, the taira, the prayer is in that world, what's shining from it is she herself. Because she herself is enormously holy. But I couldn't experience her holiness. She couldn't experience her holiness when she was stuck under that visor clamp of Klippas Neiga that was trapping her in our world. But when she's freed from our world through the wings of the Kavana that's so godly and connected to that higher realm, now she's freed of that Klippas Neiga trap. She escaped. So now she herself can shine. So what ultimately shines is the mitzvah herself. But what's allowing that mitzvah to shine is the intention, because the intention is what's necessary to lift her up from the constrictions of our world and shine as she can more freely shine on that higher spiritual plane. Any questions? Please unmute yourself, star six. Okay, I hope that means it was perfectly clear.